Welcome to Lunch Break, a special weekly series of The Eternal Entrepreneur that gives you bite-sized pieces of wisdom on how to build a functional faith and business. Each episode impacts a short, actionable topic you can put into practice this week. Let's get into it. Well, hello again. Thank you for joining us for Lunch Break. I am Pierce Brantley, co-host of The Eternal Entrepreneur, and today we are going to talk about the infamous, the much debated, the controversial, the loved topic of hard work, the entrepreneur's favorite subject. Now, if you are a holy hustler, if you are someone who is looking to do everything they can to be in partnership with God during the work week, if you're trying to build a kingdom business, there is likely an internal angst that you have to wrestle with. And it is, at what point does my hard work have depreciating returns? Do I follow a work-life balance? Do I do you know, God, then family, then work? Do I try and do the simple life? Do I understand that you know, at certain points there needs to be sacrifices? What is a godly perspective to hard work that is both going to honor the Lord, help me stay present with my family, and yet at the same time, get stuff done. So if this is you, if you have kind of tried to wrestle out, iron out the details of how to approach building the business and staying present with God and the rest of the important people in your life, and you're really going to enjoy what we talk about today. This is core teaching from calling, awakening to the purpose of your work, the book uh, that we often reference when we talk about things in the nature of business and uh, work in the kingdom. Many years ago, in my first business, I was helping a client solve a problem uh, for a digital product they were wanting to create. It was going to be a cool kind of social media platform. And to say I had worked hard on a particular problem that they were trying to solve would have been an understatement. You know that since when you have spent too long trying to solve something, you're kind of just spinning the tires mentally, and yet at the end of the day, the thing still has to be unblocked. Like you got to move the thing, and it, you got to figure something out, but it's not working. I was in this situation, and I definitely put the time in. I put the hours in trying to come up with an elegant solution to what it is they needed uh, to get done. And I was frustrated, needless to say. And so what I wanted to do was just try and move around the problem. I'd certainly put enough hours into the problem to try and solve it. And so I brought this to their attention. And they say, Pierce, no. I need you to solve it in this way, with this process, with the idea I have in mind. Well, could we try? No. Well, could we try? No. What if we had a compromise? No. I have one problem that I want solved one way in a specific amount of time. Okay. So the conversation got a little bit heated, uh, not in any kind of disrespectful way. But when you are in a place when you can't compromise and yet there's still a lot of work to get done, you kind of feel like the gears are grinding. And so we were in lock just a little bit. And so 
internally, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to ask the Lord, you know, is there something that I am not seeing here? And very quickly, the Lord actually gave me insight into the problem during that conversation. I'll call it a download. He gave me a download of specifically how to solve the problem in a way neither one of us had thought about. It was specific, it was technical, and it was applied directly to what it was we were trying to solve. So I was excited, but if you've ever had those kind of times when you feel like the Lord has given you insight, but you aren't completely sure, well, this was me. So I had a little one foot in, one foot out sort of uh, moniker going on. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's pause this conversation. I think the Lord told me how to solve the problem. This guy, my client was a Christian. And he goes, what? I go, yeah, I, I think I think the Lord showed me how to approach this. And, you know, he was partially because of just the conversation that we were in, the uh, the energy of it. He was a little skeptical and he goes, okay, well, if you think you know how to solve the problem, I said, I think I do. Let's just pause this. I'm going to go see if what just came to me uh, is going to work. And if it is, uh, you know, he gets the credit and we move on. So that's what I did. So I hung up the phone. I go and see if this solution that I gotten through prayer in the moment was going to solve the problem or not. And would you believe it? It solved it perfectly, perfectly. And guys, this is some matrix level Neo type stuff that uh, most people aren't even aware of in terms of uh, a ways of creating cross-functional technical communication between two people in two different places. It's some uh, Dexter Saturday morning cartoons craziness, but it worked and it worked perfectly. And it worked because the Holy Spirit uh, was the one who gave me insight into how to solve a specific problem. And that's really important because this is going to unpack a principle that the Lord showed me in terms of how to shift our mindset from just simply working hard at something to a very biblical approach to work, which is good work. Good work is really important because it involves the Holy Spirit in the nuance, in the practicals of the way we operate our business. The Holy Spirit wants to be part of your standard operating procedure. He doesn't want your business to be devoid of him. And we don't want that either, but oftentimes we kind of segregate the spirit to Sunday or to ministry type work when he really wants to be involved in the details. And quite frankly, he can solve problems a lot better than we can. And part of what we have to overcome is actually just a little bit of a generational kind of American hardworking mindset. And I call this the do your best uh, mindset. The do your best mindset is best manifested by being able to kind of look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and said, you know, I did everything in my wheelhouse, in my strength to have integrity during the day, to accomplish something, to knock it out. And we know it means, you know, we can't let our fathers or our wives or our husbands or our bosses or our clients down. And so often 
we don't necessarily know how to solve a problem. And so what do we do? We do what's popular, which is we just kind of get into the grind. We get into the hustle. We bunker down. We put our heads down and we start forcing our way through whatever problem is we need to solve because that's what we do. We're entrepreneurs. We're problem solvers. We're going to get things done. The problem is this has depreciating returns as you have likely felt. And internally, you may never admit this openly, but you begin to get a little bit tired. And because you are a hard worker who does their best, what do you do? You say, well, I'm a hard worker who does my best. I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm not going to be a quitter. I'm not going to be someone who, you know, lets myself down or anyone else down. I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm just going to keep pushing and eventually something is going to break. What's going to break, my friend, is you because the soul, the new man, the new woman in Christ uh, is meant to forsake the world's systems, the world's way of operating. That doesn't mean that there isn't any good in hard work. What it does mean, however, is that at the point that you're beginning to have depreciating returns in your work, hard work is not the answer. Handing it over to the Holy Spirit is the answer. And there's work involved in that too. And that's what we're going to talk about because that's good work. But it's important to realize that doing your best doesn't mean anything. And if you have a spirit of excellence, you're one of those kind of Enneagram one uh, Enneagram nine, threes, eights, whatever. You just got to kind of push and succeed and hold the standard. That can be a little bit offensive. And it feels offensive because you do want to do your best. Here's the problem. You may be better than anyone else in the room, which you should check. You may be best in your region. You may be best in the nation. You may be best in the world. But who is setting that definition. It's likely you. So you're going to live up to your own expectations, right? So the first thing is to get yourself out of the way. Uh, Doing your best is totally contextual to the person and to the industry and to the competition at large. And even if you are winning by your peers' definition, there is ultimately another definition, which is God's definition. And I don't say that to be, you know, kind of pithy or cute or just sound accurate. The reality is doing your best has a different definition in Christ than simply excellence or the capacity to do hard work. Let me tell you something. You could work 80 hours a week. You could do well by your clients your employees, whoever, you could look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I worked hard and with integrity. And at the end of that day, at the end of that work week, the reality is you could have done nothing in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You could have done nothing that actually moved good by God's standard into the world. You could have done no kingdom building. And I don't say this to be condemning, but it's a reality. You can earn money and grow your business in integrity and it still be separate 
from what God might possibly be doing in the world around you. So where do we get a definition of good work? We actually get it in Genesis, the first work week, when God was creating the heavens and the earth. He set up for us a perfect example in his own approach to creating, to doing, that we can model. Genesis 1, 2 says, And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Formless and void, covered in darkness. The planet now that is so full of activity at one point was indistinguishable from Pluto, from Mars, from Neptune, Jupiter. Those places, those planets, follow me, they're inspiring, but no breath of life exists on them. Now, without form and void is another way of saying chaotic and orderless. Have you ever had a chaotic, orderless week, a chaotic, orderless client meeting, a chaotic, orderless project, and wondered why all the effort and the talent and the good people in the world didn't solve your chaotic, orderless situation? It's a good question. It's a good question because it's a question that we normally reflect on from the perspective of our feelings. We get frustrated, but it's hard to articulate. Yeah, I have all the right things, and yet none of those right things are moving me forward. And it's frustrating. And that's why we default, of course, back to our old mindsets, our old man, old woman mindsets before Christ of working hard and doing our best. But then God breathed, and all of a sudden, life sprung forth. The order of operations of the universe came into congruency, and the evidence of the Holy Spirit was made manifest. The power of God was made manifest through his creation that he put forth. Now, why is that important? Because the definition of good work is actually very simple, but impossible to articulate or implement without God himself. And this is the definition of good work. Good work creates something good where nothing good once existed. Now, Pierce, you might be saying that sounds a little meta, a little, uh, a little Gnostic, a little, um, uh, YouTube fringe. Let's unpack that. Good work creates something good where nothing good once existed. What does that mean? First off, we have to recognize the obvious, that it was the Spirit of God moving something. It was Him speaking that created an outcome. It was not more elbow grease. It was not more bunkering down. It was not more hours it was not this atrocity about you hear in some other countries about the new standard for work needs to be 90 hours a week. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It doesn't even need to be more than 40 hours a week. It could be less. The amount of time you put into solving a problem, not that time doesn't matter, not that there aren't hard problems to solve, but what matters is 
your mindset, your connection with what God is doing during the minutes, the minute parts of the day. So to get us into this mindset, I want you to consider something. The Spirit of God is always hovering over something formless and void. There are empty situations and people and projects all around you that are void. They are vapid. They are black holes waiting for the Spirit of God to intersect them to bring fullness of life and change perspectives and renewed thinking. And they are waiting for the person who can sense the Spirit of God to come forth and to help. That is good work. That is practical, put a wrench to it, revelation. That is, if you embrace it, something that can be applied to clean energy. It can be applied to building a startup and moving into a different type of funding. It can apply to spreadsheets, broken people, cubicles that feel lonely, anything that you can imagine. But it requires the awareness that the Spirit of God is always hovering and ready to accomplish good around us. And He is even waiting and inviting us to participate with Him. And that is relationship with God, my friends. That is intimacy. Do you want to know for sure that the scaffolding of kingdom work is rising up around you? that the infrastructure for the spirit to move through your day is being made manifest in such a way that you can tangibly see it. This is how you participate in it. This is how you participate in it by being present to the opportunity to let him partner with you, not just letting him be a banner over your business. That's fine. Make him the banner of your business. Make him the CEO of your business. Do uh, uh, what aligns with your conscience to do in that regard. But partnership, think about an LLC, 50-50 partner. Partnership requires us giving up part of what we are working on in order for that to happen. And so often... We do one of two things. We say, it's completely in God's court. I'm going to follow. All the while, we're wondering, well, I don't see anything happening. God's going, I gave you some agency. Uh, I am uh, not going to hold you accountable for my work when you get to heaven. That'll preach. Uh, I'm going to hold you accountable for what you did. So uh, let's start there. Uh, the other thing that doesn't work is the opposite of that, which is I'm just going to barrel on through life and when something gets super anxious, I'm going to call you in to help. No, partnership and good work is just that. It is intimacy. It is realizing that he can and should be involved in things that can and should involve him. And it's making space for that. Just like any other relationship where you need to make space for the presence of that person to be meaningful in your life. You need to do the same thing with him. All right, so I'm preaching to the choir. How do we implement good work? Good work has three parts. It is intentional, 
It is relational and it is timely. It is intentional, relational, and timely. Intentional work says I'm not just going to keep myself busy. I'm not just going to be excellent. I'm not just going to be a hard worker. It says, is what I am doing unto an outcome that is both in alignment with heaven's values and applicable to the mission that my business is trying to accomplish or the project is trying to accomplish or the client needs accomplished. Next is relational. And these aren't in any particular hierarchical order. Relational work says, I'm going to do this in relationship with the Lord. I'm not just going to earmark him. I'm not going to just do all my work as unto the Lord and not unto man. That's great. Doing something unto something is honoring. We want to move past honor and into intimacy. So involve him. Honor says, I know you, I respect you, and I hold you in high regard. Intimacy says, I want you here in the trenches with me. Honor says, I hold you in high regard and I respect you. Intimacy says, I want you in the trenches with me. And that's what we want. We want our work to be relational because the Bible is very clear that anything that does not have the effervescence, the aroma, the evidence of the Holy Spirit on it in this world uh, is going uh, to be burned up. And that's not a condemning thing. It's a good thing. What's left is going to be the pure nuggets of gold that are evidence of the good. And that's what we want. We We want more evidence of the good in our work. And that happens through doing relational work, saying, Lord, I want you involved in every single detail. And get specific, specifically this detail, specifically this timeline, specifically this problem, specifically this whatever, what have you, bring him in. And lastly, timely work. This is the one, guys, if I'm honest, uh, that I typically need to focus on the most, although I need to focus on all of them. Timeliness has two parts. It's not rushed and it's not late. Good work takes time, and it should take time. Uh, God could have had fit his entire creation process into a day or a millisecond, no doubt, but he didn't. He fit it into six days. Why is that important? Because he was not rushed and he was not late. He modeled for us in a way what we see in Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Good work is being present with the Spirit of God and doing things on his timeline. Now, sometimes those things are incongruent with you know our own timelines and sometimes they're not. But the reality is being intentional about our time, planning those things out and submitting those things to the Lord, uh, you're going to stand a much higher chance of your time being productive. And I mean truly productive, productive for the spirit, productive for the soul, productive for the mind, productive for the business, the holistic person and entity working together uh, in the realm of the kingdom than, you know, just simple, you know, uh, life hacking. It's also important to kind of get away from the, you know, Mary and Martha mindset in this, as we're so fond of doing in in Christian culture. This is not about being a beer versus a doer. 
This is not about, you know, having a four hour prayer set before going to your boardroom meeting uh, versus, you know, working a 10 hour day and just trying to have good ethics that line up with, you know, biblical principles. Uh, both of those are, are kind of moot arguments. Or again, we're moving into intimacy, into actually doing things in lockstep and timelines with what the Lord uh, uh, sees as fitting. The best way to do that is to just ask him how to organize your time. Get in the secret place, get some revelation on how to orient your time for seasons, for work days, for your life, and he'll show you. And what's great about that is you're going to get confidence in how to operate your day if you are in charge of you know your, your full work week because you're going to get uh, revelation on how God made you and how he sees your business fitting into his timelines and his perspectives, and good things are going to come from that. So those are the three aspects of good work. Good work is intentional, it is relational, and it is timely. If you can get this trifecta uh, in your life, in your business, you're going to see some good fruit. You're going to start to have stories of partnership with God in ways you've never had before because you've shifted your mindset away from what I can do, excellence, doing your best, hard work, to what is possible when I let God do his thing in my business. And you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Okay. Consider this for the rest of your work week. In large and in small moments, we are all standing before the Almighty. There's nothing hidden. We are positioned in perfect humility towards our Creator. It is a grace that we do not have to wait until heaven to have our tally counted. We are counted right now as sons and daughters. We are born again. We are unified in rebirth now. The only work we need to focus on is the kingdoms. And if we do this, God's promise is to take care of the rest. All right, that's it for this week's lunch break. Guys, gals, I really appreciate you spending some time with me. Go forth and conquer. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this show, please leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend. It would help us out tremendously. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch and get a free copy of the first chapter of Pierce's new book, Calling, How to Partner with God in Any Business with Any Boss at Any Place in Life, then click on the link in the show notes to sign up for our weekly email or visit piercebrantley.co slash podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.